Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Heart rates are kind of like boobs. No one's ever happy with theirs. I get so many questions from people who saw their friend Susie post her heart rate data on Instagram, and now they're freaking out because theirs is different. They wonder if there's something wrong with their fitness. They wonder if their heart is defective, and they're just making themselves crazy. And I'll be honest, even after 12 solid months of heart rate training, I do the exact same thing. So in today's episode, we're really going to break this down. We're going to dive into the science, debunk some of the myths, and I guarantee at the end, you're going to feel so much better, and chances are you're going to realize you are exactly where you're supposed to be. So welcome to the episode. My name is Sarah, let's dive right in. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. One thing we're really going to emphasize as we go along here is that there, instead of doing a bunch of math and trying to figure out your maximum heart rate and the percentage and blah, 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 blah. We're going to really shift to where the science has gone the past few years, which is setting your heart rate zones according to biomarkers. Before we dive into that and talk about like energy systems and physiological markers for heart rate, I do want to talk about maximum heart rate. This is another question that comes up a lot. People want to know, how can I know my maximum heart rate? Usually they're asking this so that they can figure out like what percentage they're working at. And I want you to just take all that in your brain if that's something you've been doing and kind of like burn it all down. (laughs) It can be very, very misleading because First of all, maximum heart rate's not a super useful thing to know. There are ways to test it. You can test it in the field. Um, if you if you do really hard interval training, you may have an idea of what it is already. And you can use formulas to estimate it, but most of the formulas are actually pretty bad to give you an idea. If you do 220 minus your age, which is a pretty common way to estimate it. For those of you math people out there, it has like a standard deviation of 30 heartbeats a minute. So if you think about that, that's an insane amount, right? If, if max heart rate's something that you've been stressing out about and using to set your zones, I want you to let go of all of that. And I'm actually going to give you a new way to look at heart rate, set your zones, figure out where you should be for your different workouts right here, right now. So The next question that people often ask is what's a good heart rate for building endurance, which is really important for those of us that are hiking, mountaineering, backpacking. We want to be able to go out there for all day, be out there for a long time. So we need a heart rate that will actually be high enough that it's going to give us some stimulus to our system so that we can get stronger, but we don't want it to be so high that it wears us out after an hour. And what's the magic sweet spot and how do you find that? Here's a way to do it. So what you wanna find 
is the effort level and the heart rate that corresponds to it where you can speak still, but it's getting kind of difficult. Think about times that you've gone hiking with a friend that's faster than you, your friend Becky, she's like always fast, never tired, and you guys are going fast and she's like talking a mile a minute. And then she looks at you to talk and you're just like, yeah, and then no, and like it's, it's, it's really tough to respond to her. That's kind of the intensity that you're looking to find right there where you can still talk to Becky, but you kind of wish she'd shut up because it's a real effort to even just say a few words and you're gasping between them. We call that your aerobic threshold and scientifically what's happening, I'm gonna, I'm gonna oversimplify this quite a bit, but it's the point at which your body is shifting from burning fuel using oxygen to, which is aerobic metabolism, to anaerobic metabolism. It's actually burning sugar and it's using a process that doesn't rely on oxygen at that point. And they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like you hit that threshold and aerobic turns off and anaerobic turns on. They're both happening at the same time most of the time. But yeah, as soon as you start tapping into that anaerobic metabolism, what's happening is your that, that metabolism isn't as clean. You're creating acid in your blood. You're going to start to get more fatigued. And if you think about it, whenever you're doing a long hike, you don't want to tap into that anaerobic metabolism if possible. You want to stay in aerobic as much as you can. So one cool thing that happens when we exercise at that heart rate where we're just about to shift from one to the other is that threshold actually goes up over time in some people. And in some people, you don't see a big difference. But what they do see is that they can do a lot more work and work a lot harder without shifting into anaerobic metabolisms. Let's say that you're, you're, you're hiking two miles an hour when you hit your, your aerobic threshold and then you go out and train for a while and you might still hit it at the same heart rate but now you're walking three miles an hour when you hit it. How do you find that heart rate? The easiest way to find it is to hop on a treadmill Go ahead and warm up, get your heart rate up, get your muscles nice and warm. And then what you do, you turn your treadmill up on an incline. So maybe 10, 15% is a good place to start if that feels okay for your body. If, it, if that feels really hard, you can keep it a little lower. And then just keep increasing the speed so that you take your heart rate up about five beats every two minutes. And after about um, a minute and a half, try to speak and see how that feels and see if you're getting to that point where you're just like, I know I can, I can kind of talk, but, but I don't want to. And that's gonna be your approximately your aerobic threshold. So when you're doing your longer hikes, your hikes where you know you're not necessarily focused on speed but you just want to get out there get some time on your feet that's a good heart rate to have as your ceiling and then you want to be within 15 beats underneath that most of the time there will be some exceptions to that like where you're going downhill and if you really want kind of a if you have a shorter hike and you really want to push it a little stay within five beats underneath that's a, that's a good place to hang out to really push your aerobic fitness if you're a brand new beginner this test that I just described for you don't do this quite yet I really think it's important for when you're someone who's new 
to get into the habit of exercising, just start increasing your time on your feet. Um, if you're walking for fitness, try to get out and walk almost every day for at least 30 minutes. And then once you've hit that goal where you're hiking or walking, at least 30, 30 to 60 minutes a day, most days of the week, then go ahead and, and look for that aerobic threshold and you can start playing with heart rate zones and using that in your training. Another question people have is, what's the right heart rate for those of us who want to get faster? So in order to get faster, you do need to put a little bit more intensity in your workouts. Hanging out at the aerobic threshold, you'll get a little faster. You can speed that process up quite a bit by doing some more intense exercise. So going into a higher heart rate zone. So where is that one? A useful place to start with that one is to find your lactate threshold. So here's another threshold. And what's happening when you hit your lactate threshold is you're, you've come to a point. Let's go back to your aerobic threshold for just a second. Remember that's like when your body is starting to tap into the anaerobic metabolism, turn it on, burn some sugar for fuel. It's making some waste products. So right above the aerobic threshold, if you keep increasing the intensity for a little while, your body can actually clear out those waste products. So the acid in your blood, you can actually exhale it as carbon dioxide. That's why your breathing speeds up a lot and it's difficult to talk. But at some point, you're going to hit a point where your body can't remove the waste products fast enough, like as fast as you create them. So what's happening is if you look at measures of the byproducts of anaerobic metabolism, one that you hear looked at often is lactate. So for a while, the lactate, it's kind of increasing gradually. And then you'll hit a point where it just like shoots up off the chart. You just can't clear it out fast enough. At, at really high intensities. So that's actually that part where that's right before it shoots up is your lactate threshold. And if you can exercise there and spend some time, then you, what you're doing is you're getting your body accustomed to working in the presence of lactate. You don't feel so tired. You have the ability to kind of push into a second, shift into a second gear and push and work for a while, like when you're breathing hard and not feeling great. Um, and anyone who's ever climbed a big mountain knows that's a super useful place to be. So, so if you're brand new to hiking fitness, I don't want you to worry about lactate threshold yet. This is getting into more intense kind of things. Just work on walking, being consistent, and then work on endurance. But when you're ready, you can actually test your lactate threshold. You can test it in a lab, which is the most accurate way, but it's kind of expensive and it doesn't actually work for everyone. Um, so a really practical way to do it is just to do a time trial. So once again, hop on the treadmill, warm up first, and then what you're gonna do is go at maybe like five to 10 heartbeats per minute above your aerobic threshold and hang out there, adjust the speed and the incline is needed and try to find an intensity that you can maintain for about 30 minutes. And it's going to feel kind of crappy, to be honest, if you're really pushing up against that lactate threshold, especially if this isn't something that you've tried a lot before. But yeah, do a 30 minute time trial with your heart rate monitor running and then check the average heart rate. That's going to be pretty close to your lactate thresholds. Working out right around that lactate threshold, whether you're doing some longer intervals 
or some people will do like um, if you're hiking uphill, they'll do like a tempo hike where, you know, you're kind of power hiking up for maybe 15 minutes. Uh, 10, even 10 minutes is great to start with. And you can extend that up into 15, 20, 30, 40 minutes is kind of the, the gold standard I shoot for with, with my clients if they're really training for something hard. And what that'll do, that'll, like I said, just get you more comfortable with having some waste products, some acid in your system. When you're working hard, your body will not feel so upset and aggravated by that. You won't wear out as fast. And also over time, you can actually raise that lactate threshold. And with both of these thresholds, the aerobic one we talked about and then the lactate, it's good to retest them maybe every four to six weeks to go through these tests again and just make sure you're in the same place. Because like I said, some people, they don't move as much, but you can do more intense work, which is great. But there's a chance they might move and you want to adjust your, your heart rate zones that you're targeting during training to reflect that. Your question that comes up a lot is, for especially for people who come to places like Colorado and hike, they, they look at their heart rate monitor and they have this plan of how it's supposed to look and everything is off and crazy. They're like, <laughs> my heart rate like makes no sense at altitude. This is normal and this is what is supposed to happen. Your maximum heart rate, it does decrease at altitude. So that's also going to decrease the point, the, the intensity where you hit your aerobic threshold and then your lactate threshold. So everything will be slower. Everything will feel harder. It's okay. It's supposed to be that way. Nothing has gone wrong. What you can do is really just watch your breathing. See if you can find that point where your breathing changes. You can use the talk test. If you're hiking with friends, you can be like, hey, I'm gonna see what my aerobic threshold is at this altitude, because <laughs> it's gonna be totally different. It's probably gonna be much lower than it is at sea level or where you, you normally train. And the thing that's crazy, you can kind of find it at one altitude, but let's say you're hiking up a mountain like that, you're doing like 3,000 feet of elevation gain, it's probably gonna change as you go up. It just gets lower, lower, lower. So it's kind of fun to play with it. And ultimately the best way to know is by your breathing. If you're huffing and puffing and unable to talk, you're probably above your aerobic threshold, right? And there does come an altitude where it's really hard to stay below your aerobic threshold. That's okay, just do your best. And that's the, the time when it's really useful to have done some lactate threshold work because you'll be more comfortable even though you're working harder, tapping into your anaerobic metabolism, you'll be in a good position to deal with that. Other thing that comes up a lot for people is they think something is wrong with their heart rate. Like I said, they look at Becky's Instagram story. She's done like a screenshot of her training peaks or her Strava. You can see all her zones and her average heart rates. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong with mine? Why is it so high? Why is it so low? Why is it so erratic? One thing you have to realize, first of all, I hope I've convinced you that Heart rate's like really, really individual to a human. Even two people that have the same level of fitness are gonna have different maximum heart rates. They're gonna have different aerobic and lactate thresholds. It's totally different. You can't compare between two people. If Becky's tends to have a higher heart rate than you, it doesn't necessarily mean she's more fit than you. If there, There's just no way to compare between the two. It's like apples and oranges. So really resist the urge to compare, focus, on you. Another thing to just keep in mind is heart rate 
is kind of erratic. It can be affected and thrown off by so many things. The other day I went for a run in the morning and I was trying to hang out at my aerobic threshold and I'm like, oh, this is horrible. Like I'm walking and I'm at it, which should not be happening. But I, you know, there were a bunch of things going on. I had just drunk like a whole bunch of coffee. I had been up late the night before. I'm still like a little fatigued from an ultra I did a couple weeks ago. It can be affected by all those things. It can also be affected by things like time of day, how hot it is, how recently you ate. Like all of these things will change your heart rate, usually in small ways, but sometimes in really big ways as happened on that runs. One thing that you can use to work with whenever you feel like your heart rate is off is something called ratings of perceived exertion. So what all that is is a one to 10 scale one is like chilling on the couch, like no effort. 10 is the maximum, the hardest effort you can go. So get used to doing this. Like whenever you're out doing your cardio workouts, be like, hey, what RPE am I at? And kind of try to start dialing that in for yourself. And just some guidelines. Most people hit their aerobic threshold at five to six on the RPE scale. So that's the lower threshold. And then six, seven is often your lactate thresholds. So it's a really useful tool to use. And you can use that information whenever your heart rate is just not giving you good information. And with practice, you'll be able to see when it's doing that. Um, another question, why does my heart rate increase the longer my workout goes. And those of you who go out and hike, like you do these really long days in the mountains, you'll probably notice that it gets higher throughout the days. Maybe you're just at an e like a RPE six, like early in the day, it's at 150 and then suddenly you look and it's like, you're doing the same effort, but it's at like 165 and you haven't really changed altitude or anything that would account for it. So this is normal too. Something called a heart rate drift. What happens with heart rate drift is over time your blood volume usually when you're working out gets lower and if you think about it you can see how this would be true you're sweating most of the time especially on a hot day we're not drinking enough to put back in all of our fluid volume so there's less blood for your heart to pump and whenever it has like less volume to pump, it actually pumps a little bit faster, even at the same effort levels. You can minimize it to some degree by staying hydrated, but especially if you're out for a couple of hours, like almost everyone notices some. So don't panic if you see that, it's perfectly normal. Um, as long as you're feeling good, you can use the RPE scale to stay around the same intensity and let the heart rate go up a little. That's totally fine. It's also totally fine to, especially if you're a beginner or if you're just on a day when you're not feeling strong, just, just stay with that heart rate and you'll probably slow down a little and that's totally okay. That's a nice conservative, safe way to handle it so that you don't wear yourself out by pushing too hard. So one more question that comes up and I probably should have answered this one first for folks that are just getting started. What is the best way to measure your heart rates? If you're really serious about getting into heart rate training, if you're going to use this as a tool to improve your training, it's really important to get some sort of heart rate monitor. So you have a couple of choices. 
The one I recommend the most is called, it's a chest strap. Chest straps tend to pick up more data than the ones that you wear on your wrist. The chest strap that I recommend is called the Wahoo Ticker. There's a couple of kinds of tickers. You don't need the run, you don't need the fit, you don't need any of the fancy ones. It's just called Ticker. You can get it on Amazon. They just rebuilt it and I always thought it was an awesome heart rate monitor, but the new one is just so good. It's very accurate. It's very easy to clean. It's very, I've just been totally in love with it. And then you can use an app on your phone. Wahoo actually makes one that's quite good that you can see what your heart rate is. Um, it's helpful if you do that. You don't want to carry your phone the whole time. So get um, an, an arm strap so that you can look as you're going. And then if you're really, really into this, getting a heart rate watch is amazing. Like that <laughs> was such a game changer for me. The batteries last much longer. It's just much easier to deal with than your phone. You're not wearing out the battery in your phone. The GPS tends to like wear out the battery in the phone. And so as you're tracking your run, it will tend to run down down faster. So yeah, I start with the, the strap and the strap's pretty inexpensive, the chest strap and, and the phone app. And then if you're really enjoying that upgrade to the watch, the watch is, is a big jump in price, but I've never, never regretted the money I spent on my watch. I'm like, I don't know how I did it with the phone for years and years. And then there are some watches that have a, an optical sensor that can take your heart rate through your wrist. That's another option for you. Unless you're doing like pretty sophisticated analysis with your heart rates like i think they're adequate for most people who are just out there hiking and just kind of want to stay in the right zone I, the thing you put on your wrist will will be totally fine for that so there you have it all my answers to to the nerdiest heart rate training questions you can imagine i hope you enjoyed the program and i look forward to talking to you next week Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.